Good afternoon, good evening, good morning for some of you. My name is Herb. I'm an alcoholic. Welcome to our Big Book 12-step workshop. Please join me in prayer for an open mind. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and you for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. We've begun to take a look at the next action. The chapter, in fact, I believe is called Into Action. We've completed giving instructions on step four. You may not have completed step four, but you've done some work, maybe even some substantial work, and some of you have actually even finished or are about to finish. I have suggested that once you've finished your Resentment inventory, that is, the number of resentments that you planned on and or are instructed to complete. It may not be all of your resentments, as you know. I have suggested anywhere from 5 to 10 to 20 different resentments and at least one column, three column, four on each one. Maybe more than that, <clears throat> depending on its importance, its substance to you, your insight about it, and your confirmation about it. And when I say confirmation, it's the validation that your understanding of and experience with it um, is, is clear. That you have a, a, not only an understanding uh, about your resentment, but you have an experience with you as 100% the source of your resentment. And then once you're finished with the fourth step, excuse me, the uh, resentment inventory, the fear and the sex inventory go rather quickly. In fact, I've suggested <clears throat> that you might even want to finish your fear and your sex inventory before you finish your resentment inventory. People have found that surprisingly reassuring that they've made wonderful progress because it goes very quickly and they can then get back refreshed to their resentment inventory and wrap it up and then go to the final conclusion in the instruction. Uh, going back to the way of life document and bringing the step four to a conclusion based on my informal instructions there. Make an appointment is the point in advance so that your person who's going to listen to your fifth step 
is able to schedule it with enough time to give you the courtesy of listening to your fifth step. I recommend one sitting. Uh, I know there are lots of reasons why people can't do that, and I have no rules about it. But a minimum number of sequencing is better and closer to each other rather than having large gaps in between is better. Again, no rules, but what we want to experience is hearing the fourth step, which we've done by ourselves over weeks or months or sometimes even years, hearing our fourth step said out loud by us in the presence of a witness consecutively hearing it out loud consecutively for the very first time. And the closer it is logically to my, and from my own experience, the more powerful I believe the experience is going to be. Well, then when you finish your fourth step, you make a appointment with, for your fifth step, chapter six into action. And we reviewed the pages 72, 73, 74 and stopped at 75, sort of the, the warm-up, setting the context, setting the preparation, setting the protocol, perhaps the icebreaker of reading alternative paragraphs out loud, you, the listener, starting with the first paragraph on page 72, then the person who's about to share their fourth step in their own personal fifth step, you, they read the second paragraph and altern, alternating until we get to page 75. Then somehow, even if it's manipulated, make sure that you as the witness, as the listener, get to page 75 and, and read that the first paragraph. When we decide who is to hear our story. And I talked about that part. But I believe it's a very um, wonderful opening to the invitation for the person to begin sharing by asking them two spontaneous questions that are indicated there. It's not, it's not suggested in the way I'm, I'm saying it, but it's indicated. We explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. That's the part that the step four, step five person who's coming there to reveal and confess is asked to do, explain what they are about to do and why they are about to do it. So that's a question I ask them without having ever given them any hint that that is going to be what I'm going to do. And it really wakes them up. We pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. That's where we left off last time. And that's where I stop reading when I'm listening to a fifth step and they begin reading their fourth step. Third column, fourth column, third column, fourth column, third column, fourth column. Maybe I make some notes, maybe I don't. Maybe I make some comments, maybe I don't. Very few comments. Very few notes, actually.
no rules, but when they're finished with their resentment inventory, then we have a conversation about any notes or observations that I have and any observations, insights, and or experiences they had in reading it. That's where there is a conversation, that general sharing between sponsor, sponsee, step guide, and, and uh, person being guided. <clears throat> More often than not, some hours have gone by. We need a stretch break at the very least and maybe even a lunch or, or food break. A bathroom break has happened anytime, of course, that we have the bio needs. The place is comfortable, the atmosphere is comfortable, it's very informal. That's at least what I try to create. Then they read the fear inventory. Then they read the sex inventory. Then they read the conclusion material. Breaking when it's reasonable or at least pausing to discuss the person's experience and or my notes or their insights if they have any. It's best to not have expectations yourself and not to create those expectations in the other person. But then once they finish reading and they put their binder down, it's closed, I pick up the book again, page 75. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, well, here we go again with a spontaneous, something I have not prepared them for. All right. Oh, I've given them the mm, suggestion that they read and highlight the material. Sometimes we even go over it, but I don't reveal the exact protocols that I follow during the fifth step. So I read, once we have taken the step withholding nothing, then I close the book and I look them straight in the eye and I ask, did you read to me everything that you wrote? Because addicts are very wily, consciously or unconsciously. And sometimes they will turn a page without having read something on it because they didn't want to read it. And I pause, I wait. I look them straight in the eye when I ask the question and I pause silently. It's awkward silence, very awkward, always very awkward. It's only 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. During that silence, sometimes, maybe 5% of the time, it's not a majority. It's, it, it's so infrequent that it almost seems not worth it, except when it happens, it's worth it. In that silence, they cough it up. Well, I didn't think it was that important. Well, I didn't think you were paying attention. Well, I thought you were asleep or whatever. They give an excuse, but they cough it up, 5%. But then I ask a second question. Did you write down everything that came to you in your awareness over the time that you were preparing your fourth step? The first question was, did you read what you wrote? The second question is, did you write down everything that came to your consciousness? And again, silence. Uncomfortable. 
awkward, almost artificial. And again, about 5% of the time they cough it up. Well, I was going to take this to the grave, but Jesus, I'm so tired of talking to you. I'm just going to get it over with. <laughs> it's kind of almost funny sometimes and they're laughing maybe sometimes, or they're really uncomfortable sometimes squirming. But again, it's very unlikely. Don't expect it. But I've, I've had the experience sufficient number of times that I always ask the questions at this point. Once we have taken this step, we are delighted. The promise is now. We can look the world in the eye because there's no secrets. There's no tension. There's no fog. There's no clouds. There's no obstacles. There's no impediments. We're by our own standards of consciousness, we've been transparent. And that's the best you get. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. You see, it's an approximation here. There's no black and white as there is in the step nine promises, pages 83 and 84. That's a conclusion and that's black and white. And that's saying, this is what happens. Not in the step three promises, it was indicative, page 63. And here in the step five promises, indicative, not conclusive. The feeling that the drink problem, the addiction problem has disappeared will often come strongly. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. A fabulous poetry a wonderful mystical phrase or insight on Bill Wilson's part. We are on the broad highway. Look at the word, capital B, capital H, a synonym for higher power for God as we don't understand it. On the broad highway, there's no place to go. Thinking about that when I was writing my book on meditation, practicing the here and now, it came to me, the journey is the destination. The journey itself is the destination because there's no place to go. God is or God isn't. God is everything or God is nothing, Bill said on page uh, 53. Walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. That's that collaboration, that cooperation. Hand in hand, my willingness and God's grace. Returning home. So this is the final instruction in step five. Returning home, it may not be that they're capable of going to their home because there's a family there or there's people living there that they have no space, no time to do this meditation, which Bill recommends we do for an hour, he says. And I confirm that's a 60 minute hour. That's not a 45 minute therapeutic hour. That's a 60 minute hour. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour. I have the opportunity to do a 
FISTIP at the local retreat center. So I have a room that's dedicated to me at that particular time for that day. And um, so the person can stay there. I leave, but the person can stay there and the door will lock when they leave. Or they can go home or they can go to a park or they can go in our area to the local uh, ocean beach or they can sit in their car. But they need to spend an hour, at least this is the suggestion in the big book, in meditation, carefully reviewing what we have done. Listen to the instructions. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know God better. That's a prayer instruction. Anytime we're talking to higher power, that's a prayer. We thank God. It's a prayer of gratitude. But I find it extremely curious. From the bottom of our heart that we know God better. We have just spent weeks or months or sometimes years writing all about ourselves in a fourth step. And now we've just spent multiple hours reading our fourth step in the fifth step all about ourselves. And it says we know God better. When I thought about it, the only apparent solution to me is that as I've done step four and five, the clouds in me that block me from the sunlight have been diminished and dismissed and dispelled. And therefore, since the clouds are been removed, I'm in direct contact with the sunlight. I don't think there's any other explanation. The fourth step and the fifth step are all about me. How could I possibly know God better unless perhaps what I said is valid? Carefully reading the first five proposals. Well, I think I've mentioned before Bill's explanation of using different words in, in consecutive sentences is that he says that's how I was trained in the English language. I first heard that from when he was given an interview on uh, steps six and seven. People asked him, well, what's the difference between a character defect and a shortcoming? And Bill just laughed. He's on the tape, on, in the recording of the dialogue, the interview. He just laughed. He said, oh, <laughs> I was taught in basic English course that you don't use the same word in consecutive sentences. They're the same. Shortcoming and character defects, they're the same, they're synonyms. Well, that ended a lot of debate in my mind about any particular difference between them. But it also explains this, carefully reading the first five proposals. What is he talking about? Oh, the steps. He said, up above, taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps, page 59. Oh, yeah, well, we're reading the steps in our meditation. Carefully, he says. And then we ask again prayer, if we have omitted anything. So he's asking us now not only to pray, but meditate directed thinking, as I've explained step 11. 
we ask God to direct our thinking, then we begin thinking. We ask God to, to reveal to us if we've omitted anything, and then we begin thinking, did we omit anything in our first step? What did I do? Oh, it's as I recall, and it's not about rereading the big book, and it's not about rereading our notes or the suggestions or the assignments or the way of life document or anything. This is a meditation, not a study. It's a, in prayer, we ask ourselves and then we think and we remember and we review. What did I do in the first step? I learned about the body and the mind and the will, but I had an experience with once I start, I cannot stop. Once I stop, I cannot stay stopped. And oh, by the way, the real problem is unmanageability. Now you may not think so succinctly. I've had to make that comment many times, as you know, but that's the review that we do. And it might take a few minutes or so 15 or 20 or even longer as you review your journey in the first step, this time as you did the work. And then you go to the second step and you read it out of the big book. That's what I did. And I think about, well, what did I do? Well, it took me 10 years to have a step to experience as I've explained to you. So in those first several visits through the steps in the big book, I didn't do anything. And I had no experience with it, but at 10 years I did. What do I believe and how do I behave? Life-changing questions that woke me up to my own agnosticism. And then the choice we make. In on page 53, God is or God isn't. What is your choice? And I reviewed what my thoughts were and what my experience was and what my final choice was about the attributes and qualities that I want and need God. And I asked myself right then at the end of the fifth step, as I'm doing this meditation, has, have I maintained that shift? Have I maintained that concept? Do I act as if the decision I made is true? And then I go on to step three. You get the point. I'm reviewing. Now you might need to take a look at a few things to remind yourself of actually what you did in the assignment. There's no problem with reviewing or looking at or being guided by your outline. But the point is not to do a learning thing, not to do a reading thing, not to do a review of your fourth step. Thank God, please don't do that. Unless you feel a particular tug or need to re review something that you had a particular clarification with or you want to have an additional experience with. And here he gives us the value proposition for doing this meditation on the first five steps, including the fifth step that you've just completed. We are building an arch through which we shall walk a free person at last. Oh yeah, step two, assume that step one was the foundation. Step two is the, key, is the uh, cornerstone 
on page 47 that willingness is the cornerstone of an arch through which we're going to walk a free person at last. And when we got to the third step, it said that's the keystone, the arch, excuse me, the, the stone that's placed at the peak of the arch, at the top of the arch, to hold the entire arch together. This is the only next time, but the last time that Bill mentions the spiritual arch. So he hasn't mentioned the building blocks, although he asks us now, is our work solid? Are the stones properly in place? What stones? Well, maybe, just maybe, he's assuming that the components of the fourth step are the stones. I don't know that. I've never seen a commentary about that. I make it. Because I try to understand what Bill's referring to here. The last reference to the spiritual arch is the keystone in the third step. And now at the end of the fifth step, he's talking about stones. He's talking about cement. He's talking about mortar. And I remember someplace in the early part of the book, he talks about being on in a shipwreck. And one part of it that holds us together is the problem, a common problem. And the best part of it is a common solution. Maybe that's the sand and the mortar. I don't know. The cement. I don't know. But Bill has something in mind here. And then I leave. They stay or they leave and go for their hour of meditation. And I tell them to, when they finish their hour of meditation, give yourself a break, take a shower, go for a walk, have dinner with a friend, do something with your family, watch a movie. Don't do anything serious. And be careful driving home, by the way, as you've just been submerged in a very dramatic emotional experience, even if you're not conscious of it. This kind of confession will wring out your body, let alone your emotions and your soul. I really do. I, I warn them, be careful driving, be, pay particular attention driving. And then call me in the morning. I ask them to call me in the morning so that I can give them the sixth step instructions. I'm not going to go over the sixth step in any detail tonight. I'll do that next week. But it's about making a list of character defects. So if, in fact, as they're thinking about meditating about their fourth and fifth step, they come up with some character defects. I'm not asking them to do any research, but as it spontaneously comes to their consciousness, make a list because that's the most important part. Now, the big book doesn't suggest we make a list. It does suggest that we be willing to have our character defects removed. Well, I think the assumption under that is that we know what they are. I don't know about you, but I need to write it down in order to confirm it. As part of the preparation of the sixth step, which is another inventory. 
But step four is an inventory of our character, of our uh, instincts gone awry. Step six is an inventory of how they manifest. Now you had some indication of that in the fourth column of the resentment inventory. Question number nine was about character defects. So after the person does a spontaneous dump, maybe the night of the finishing of their fifth step exercise, or maybe the next morning before they call me, they might do a review of the written work they have, the resentment, the fear, and the sex inventory, which will probably reveal some of the major character defects. But I ask them to do the spontaneous dump first. What comes to mind in your consciousness? And it's not about quantity, it's about quality. And there'll be some redundancy. The whole point of the step six and seven uh, is captured in two paragraphs on page 76. The first paragraph is step six. The key to that is willingness, he says. Willingness to have them removed. Underneath that, what he's saying is, you're as powerless over your character defects as you are over your addiction. He doesn't say it that clearly. In the same way that he mentioned that in the fourth step, didn't he? In resentment. He gave us a page and a half of talking about prayer for the removal of deep resentment. And he said it specifically in one line there. Paraphrasing, he said, we're as powerless over removing our resentments as we are powerless over our addiction. He intimated the same thing in the fear inventory and the sex inventory. You can analyze it. You can think about it. You can understand it. You can write about it. You can talk about it. Sometimes that will reduce it, maybe even eliminate it. But in the final analysis, you're as powerless over your fear as you are over your addiction. In the final analysis, you're as powerless over your sex behavior and inclinations as you are over your addiction. And so we pray. And here again, you're as powerless over the manifestations of these instincts gone awry, character defects, shortcomings, as he calls them, as you are over your addiction. And the key is willingness, he said. Willingness to have them removed by a power other than yourself. It's not about you praying and having them removed. If, in fact, your prayer would have them removed, <laughs> You're not powerless. Oh, wow. Back to step one again. If there's anything you can do to eliminate your character defect, you're not powerless. So we don't work on our character defects. I'm going to talk much more about that next week. Step six and seven look simple. They look easy. It kind of like most people blow by it, actually. And I recommend that you don't spend much more than two or three hours on the combined six and seven. 
if that much. We need to understand it. We need to follow the suggestions. We need to know what the big book says. And I really recommend that you read the 12 and 12. Just because it's Bill's commentary. 1951. The big book was written in 1939. So 12 years later, he's writing a commentary on his understanding and experience with the steps. Please don't miss it. But we can't actually do anything about it. We're as hopeless and as helpless with regard to our character defects as we are over our addiction. And we need God's help. And I think it's brilliant that he, I hope it was conscious, that he starts the prayer with my creator. The prayer for the removal of character defects, the shortcomings, starts my creator. That's the entire second paragraph. There's very little instruction it's except the implication is to pray the prayer. And it starts my creator. Well, the assumption, of course, theologically is that Bill believes we were created by God. I don't want to get into the theology of that or the philosophy of that or the words of that. But just know, um, even if it's a poetry in your understanding, what we're doing at the very least is prayer to the creator. What we're doing at the very most, if in fact you don't have that relationship with the God of our not understanding, it's a positive affirmation that I'm willing to be changed by the power in the universe that has got me here to this, to this level of looking at steps six and seven. Good psychology, positive affirmation. Doesn't matter what words we use. It does matter what we do. And one of the keys to that seven step for me was writing out my own seven step prayer. I give this information to the individual someplace in preparation for the fifth step so that they may want to, in fact, do the sixth and seventh step the following morning and call me after having done it. Or if they want to call me, we'll talk about it before they've actually completed sixth and seventh. Writing out the seventh step prayer in my own words in the same way we approach step three. Not to improve the words on page 63, step three. Not to improve the words in step five on page 75. But to understand the words. Because when I put, when I am challenged to put the words that are on the papers in the big book, on the pages in the big book, when I'm challenged to write out my prayer, I have to understand the prayer on page 63. I have to understand the prayer on page 75. I've never improved them <laughs> by at least my standard. I think the prayers in the big book are brilliant, but I do want to understand them. Even having done that, I later on have come at a deeper understanding and insight to some of the words and phrases just because I've incorporated them into my daily practice.
the third step prayer on page 63 doesn't have an amen and bill calls it a beginning a beginning of that process for the identification and elimination of the obstacles in me to my relationship with myself as let alone with a power other than myself step three prayer has no amen the beginning of a process that concludes with the seventh step and the seventh step prayer my creator i'm praying to in the theory of the big book i'm praying to that which made me and i'm saying i've got a defect and i need some repair my creator fix me i'm broken and i need healing i'm broken and i need repair i need restoration And that prayer ends with an amen. The end of a process in the rehabilitation of my relationship with myself at the very least and my relationship with the power that is in me, the sunlight of the spirit at the very most. And again, I'll talk about my experience with six and seven next week. So for uh, an assignment, uh, I've given it to you. Some of you may have even completed it or at least become acquainted with it. Assignment 18, uh, 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 excuse me, 19 and 20 in the Way of Life document. In the Way of Life document, there is a... Um, a cheat sheet I've given you to try to help you understand character defects for those of you who may need a little prompting. I've had lots of men say, I don't know what my character defects are because they've been an asset to me. They really think that somehow character defect can be an asset. I, I, I just don't understand that, but listen, I've had it enough that I have to make comment on it. How could a shortcoming or a character defect be an asset? by definition. But they say, well, that's, that's really helped me in my business. That's really helped me in my life. It's really helped me get to what I wanted. And I go, yeah, here you are in a 12-step program because you failed or utterly. <laughs> and you still have the delusion that your liabilities are an asset. And so this comes out of a study in psychology of personalities. It's a theory. But it it's a, I'll talk more about it next week, uh, called the Enneagram and what that means. But there's lists of character, what I consider to be character defects that might be helpful. And then there's a worksheet to deal with character defects. And I'll talk about that also. All right. Let's talk to some people about where you're at in the fourth step and any questions you certainly have on the fifth step, which I'd like to be the main focus of our conversation. I have two things to talk about. And um, the first one is about my process of doing my fourth step. Um, and I'm great about planning and following through and being uh, a good soldier. And so I've always been a good soldier in school. And um, 
So I have my plan and I'm attempting to follow it and I'm not following it. And I get really discouraged and I'm crying. Mm. I'm sobbing because the reason I'm not following it is because I have, I live with um, pretty serious chronic pain and it's intermittent. So I might have a plan and then it pops up that day and I can't do it. Right. And, or I have a procedure or I, this is a good example. I get the vaccine and I get cr literally chronic fatigue for eight days. Most people feel bad for a day or something. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm sobbing about it, um, and I know that that's not God's plan for me is to be sobbing about not doing this work. And because I live with this, you know, and so I prayed about it and um, a few things came up and I just wanted to talk to you about it, share it with others. Cause I know other people have struggled too and um, circumstances are different, but the solution I believe might be the same. And the first thing I was always taught before that, um, if you're in a problem with four step, go back to the third, the step before it. If you're in a problem with any step, go back to the, so even though this isn't the step itself, I, so I, I went back to the third step and all I got from my higher power is, because I, I do hear from like in directed prayer from my higher power to Scott, I love you, Renee, it's okay. It's okay where you are, I love you. Which my head is like, come on, you gotta get on. Um, I really don't do that to myself anymore, but um, and, and then I realized then the word that came to me was intention mm. rather than plan is <laughs> if I have a plan, then I, and I don't follow through, I have failed. <laughs> and then I feel badly <laughs> and, and, um, you know, you either get an A or an F it's very black and white, but if I have an intention, then that's what I want to do. And then I know in my heart what my true intention is. And then my challenge becomes, and this has been my challenge for 11 years actually, is making sure I still do something if it's an intention and not a goal. <laughs> and so, but that's, and the other thing that I realized is that I do better. I, I was making my goals kind of what I was hearing in the culture of the workshop. And I do better when I sit down for hours at a time. Mm you know, and not like an, I was doing, oh, an hour, four times a week or whatever, seven times, five times a week. And I really do better when I sit down for hours at a time. To find and, your own rhythm. That's right. Right. And that's been, and that's how I roll. And, yeah. um, and so I don't know why, I do know why I fell prey to listening to other people's processes so much. Um, I'm just in a new space because of my pain. So I'm just more I'm, list, I'm more vulnerable because I'm not sure of my own yeah. self right now. So I'm listening, I'm comparing and listening more, which, so it took me a while to get back into my own feet with the mm -hmm. whole thing. But I'm just sharing that. And the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, I've read this before this workshop, even I've read the thing with the fifth step and it's kind of bothered me like, oh, one person's going to know everything about you. Mm -hmm. And that I don't, I'm not, I don't have that experience because I came in here so young and I mean, my first inventory, I think, I mean, I told her everything I knew at the time, right. but, but developmentally what's happened is, I mean, I was 18, right. my brain wasn't even fully developed. And what's happened developmentally is that memories of my childhood have come back mm. and I didn't know. And, and, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're not like, 
you didn't, I, I don't know if there's anything you can say to that. Part of me feels like scared, like, oh, I'm not doing it right. Like I have such a like good, like a scared soldier in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I mean, I know my intention's always been to follow direction. It's not like I'm withholding something. Definitely not. Right. Uh, and uh, so um, I don't know. Do you? Yeah, I want to uh, come in on a couple things. Uh, I just really totally endorse what you said about a goal versus uh, uh, a target date. Um, you said intention. You used the word intention rather than a deadline. I don't like deadlines. We have enough real stress in life without imposing artificial stress on ourselves. So I, I like the word uh, uh a target date with regard to doing the fifth step or any other thing. And, and your comments concerning finding your own rhythm, I, um, it's just each person and their study habits and their lives and their personalities are so different that each of us has to find our own way. And there's no one way is better than the other way. What I say to people is, what can you do? What will you do? What helps? And if you can use those to apply to yourself, it's so much more gentle and it's so much more realistic. Mm-hmm. Find your own way. And then uh, what was the, the, the last point you just made, please? I didn't make a note. Oh, about somebody knowing everything about me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Father Thomas Keating, uh, one of my teachers in yeah, I know him, meditation yeah. practice, he talks about the contemplative practice as a, a way of thawing us out over a period of time. And we will have darkness that comes up after we have some maturity in the contemplation practice. Mm-hmm. And he calls it the evacuation of the unconscious. Mm-hmm. And his explanation is that as we get a feeling of safety in a relationship with a higher power or with the universe or with ourself. As we thaw out in the sense of safety, our cellular structure releases stuff that's been stored for a long time. Everything, every experience we've ever had, and this is science now, is stored in our cellular structure. And the negative stuff begins to be released like flotsam and jetsam and it, and it comes to the consciousness. So I think that's what you're experiencing. As you mature emotionally and yes, spiritually, yes. more right. is released. Yes, yes. And then you just deal with it. You just, right, de- you, right. you know, that's what inventory is about. That's what 10 steps about. That's what sponsor relationships about. That's what therapy is about, quite frankly. That's what a therapist tries to do is to give you a sense of safety so that these repressed, consciously suppressed, unconsciously um, negative experiences are released and brought to the conscious so that they can be dealt with. Sure, and I, but, I, but so it may not be that realistic that one person knows everything about you. Oh gosh, no. Okay, because he <laughs> says that, even... nowhere he says that in the literature, <laughs> you know, the fifth step, and I'm like, well, that's not true for me. What am I missing? You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I hear that as an interpretation of people uh, 
talking in a meeting, I don't believe that that one person will know everything about you. I mean, that's a, a wonderful con- kind of a conclusion that people could come in a, in a way, but as you say, it's it's never going to be true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It's what you know that day. I mean, yeah. yeah. So okay. Thank you, Herb. I have been playing with the enneagram and found it to be very, very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, shockingly helpful. Well, tell me about the shocking part. I, mean, I understand, you know, and and I think it's going to be very, yeah. T- tell me a little bit more about what your experience was in becoming acquainted with it. I mean, I know it said that I was a uh, nice person, but it also said that my passion was sloth. Um, I'm hearing, I've heard from other people that I'm not, sloth is not a defect of mine. I see what you're saying, that, that people don't observe that in you is what you're saying. Correct. Yes, got it. Great. All right. But a couple of things that were said uh, that were in what I've been reading is that reading is a result of having taken this thing. Um, Sloth is not only physical, that it can be mentally indolent. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, that's a wonderful word, indolent. What do you mean by it? Uh, unattached, unconnected, uh, um, yeah. not paying attention, unfocused, scattered. Good, good, great, good. I'm, I'm, I'm not testing you. I'm trying to. That's a fairly sophisticated word, and I don't know whether mm, everybody would know exactly what the connotation is. And that's wonderful. You, you gave it a lot of color. Go ahead. Um, it also said that lack of focused energy is at the base of mm. pretty much all of this. Mm. And that fits. I'm, now, on one hand, I'm yeah, really yeah, I hear you. Mm. that this uh, fits so well. On the other hand, me, my ego wants to come back and go, yeah, but you tried and I did this <laughs> and I did that. It can't be, you can't just be figuring this out at this age. Oh, yes, and- you can. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. But you see what you're demonstrating here, and I'm having so much fun with it. Uh, thank you for sharing it, um, is that you're, you're modeling an approach to the sixth and seventh step where you're taking it seriously. You're reviewing it carefully. You're considering, you're looking up words, you're understanding the words. This is, this is a model. Uh, and that's why I'm having this conversation with you. Uh, it's a teaching moment for other people. All right. So go, go ahead, please. Because I'm still interested to know, quote, the shock, the shock part. The word sloth really brought me up short. All right, got it. You know, that that was just more than... Well, it challenged you to take another look at, so what 
how is it interpreted by other people or or what are the shout the the enneagram is a philosophical approach to personality looking at the shadows the whole point of the enneagram is not to be positive <laughs> to look for assets it's really to look at liabilities and the shadows in us that uh, shade us from the sunlight all right if i can put it in our our language in the, in the 12 steps. That's the whole point of the Enneagram is to take a look at shadows. That's why I fell in love with it myself because it really helped me dig underneath to the darkness to kind of like flesh it out for myself. Yeah. That's actually, that's my experience. So yeah. far it's um, making, I can look at some things that I haven't been able to look at. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a little concerned about hope because I have have been doing really well with connecting with my higher power. That has nothing to do with my focus, or so it seems to me, my ability to focus. So if I listen to what she said to someone else a little while ago, I cannot remove my defect of character. Right. And that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What we have, and this is the distinction, I'll give an example of my own life to next week, but not today. Um, what we have responsibility for is how the character defect manifests in our behavior. I am powerless over my defect, but I am 100% responsible for my behavior. Ah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a crucial insight that changed my life in 1988. I, and it didn't come from me. It came from my, the, the step guide that I had. Not that he was even aware of it, but it was the questions that he asked me that helped me come to an understanding as, to, as what I just indicated. I'm powerless over the defect, the source, but I'm 100% responsible how it manifests in my life, my behavior. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. I have an appointment to do a fifth step this weekend. Yep. And I'm going to look at it, my fourth step again, in light of this information is what it is. And I think it's good. I think oh, yeah. know, I've always been floundering around trying to figure, I can't do this. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with that. Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, of course, that's how I operate. Well, it, and, and more, more importantly, which was consoling to me, it's how you're built. And you're built different than I'm built. The biggest insight I got from the Enneagram study, and I'm a fan of it, is that you're not better than me and you're not worse than me. You're just different. And it's legitimate because it's biological. All right. Not only are you a woman, all right, and I'm a man, that's an obvious biological difference. 
you're a number on the Enneagram and I'm a number on the Enneagram and we're just different. Not better than, not, not worse than, just different than. And it allowed me to have so much more tolerance and compassion for other people. Because I was always judging them up or down. And now, since then, I've had a more of an opportunity to level the playing field. Does this help with changing behavior? You'll hear about it next week. Change my life permanently. That's important. Permanently. I heard you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it's almost like one of those commercials that tease you. Stay next. Tune in next week for the next episode. <laughs> exactly. That's just what I was thinking. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, yes, I'm uh, ready to do my fifth step as well. I have an appointment with my sponsor to do that on April the 12th. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But in the meantime, I am going to be taking a fifth step from another sponsee. Mm. And this is only the second time that I'm uh, doing a fifth step. And so uh, I've really appreciated the pointers that you've um, given out. And, uh, you know, just um, because I just feel like I'm such a newbie still that I find it very um I mean, i'm not really sure what to say to them and how yeah. to encourage them to to do their fifth step as well so yeah. um I, i'm more anxious about that than doing my own fifth step oh for sure oh it's a sacred um, but but also just be yourself and know that your only job the only job that that is the um the single uh job description of the profile of a person hearing a fifth step is to listen. You don't have to say anything. Now, I'm encouraging you not to say much. <laughs> but if you're inclined to say something, be normal, be natural, but filter it. All right. In other words, um, this isn't a discussion. This isn't therapy. This isn't parenting. This isn't sponsorship. This is listening. And so anything you say should be in the role, as you just indicated, as to encouraging and helping them to feel safe and uh, vulnerable. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that you pushed that button in me. I've been to a lot of meetings recently where they've been doing the six and seven steps and they've done this drop the rock book. Yes. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe that's AA approved, but. Well, that's, who cares? Okay. That's then I, you just gave me your opinion. That's what I, so that's okay then. Hey, this is not AA approved. Okay. Yeah. This whole workshop's not AA approved because it has nothing to do with AA. I got if you. you. Find, if you find a book helpful, then read it. Sure. Roger. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. A lot of book. A lot of people have a wonderful experience with that. It's about six and seven called drop the rock from here. Right. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Herb. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Yep. I wanted to work a little bit on, um, well, I wanted to work a lot. One of my character defects, if I could, please. It's, um, 
I mean, I, I've, I've worked on a lot of character defects. Um, when you say you worked on your character defects, so tell me about how you came to approach character defects as even an assignment. When I was doing my fourth step and um, it came up, I forget what the question is, but those things such as um, resent being, um, that's how I came about it, was through the fourth step and the column work, column three, and co mostly I think column four where there was a turnaround. All right, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, when, yeah, where there was a turnaround and what, what could I have, I think it's, you know, what should I have done or what could I have done differently? Yeah. And, and what is the primary character defect that you want to talk about today? My defensiveness when I feel judged or controlled. All right. So I use the, the matrix here. My character defect is that I am defensive when I am judged and controlled, um, mostly by my spouse, but not always. All right. And what is my behavior? I react. First of all, I have a visceral feeling. I react by screaming or raising my voice and sometimes using expletives. And what I'm defending, I believe, is that I'm defending my ability to make intelligent decisions and actions without any judgment from anybody. Okay. The opposite of this defect, I had to think a lot about this, is vigilance for me, is awareness of my feelings and of being you know, disturbed when, when this happens. And the behavior that I would like to manifest is exercising, you know, self-regulation, spot inventory, nightly inventory, um, et cetera, et cetera. Having said all that, <laughs> I feel it's a total intellectual exercise. Well, it starts there. So that's okay. I mean, yeah, don't judge it. <laughs> gotcha okay you got me <laughs> right 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 so but we do have to know about it in order to then think about so what's the action plan here my action well i'm in some therapy so because i um this is the thing i don't want to do what you and dr burke Bergen talk about being um, a spiritual bypass. You know, I have this defensiveness, give it over, drop the rock or whatever. And I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten underneath to the underbelly of it, so to speak. So my action plan is- In, in other words, the underbelly, meaning the source and the reasons why you're- Yes, defensive. yes the source and the reasons and what so part of so part of my action plan is doing therapy and finding I know a lot of this goes back to because I never had a voice and you know I wasn't I was I, I was not able to speak ever to speak my truth and and I have a, a, a real fear of authority, um, authority not that my husband is an authority but he's the closest target yeah. And um, I know that I have to heal 
whatever that wound is. So that's my action plan, but I don't know how to do it. Right, right. Well, what does the sixth and seventh step recommend? Well, now, I haven't done a teaching on it yet. So um, I'm just looking for your thinking and your approach. Well, six is, is identifying the, uh, okay, the sixth step for me is identifying those character defects and seventh step is being willing to um, give them away or, or uh, that's how I see it anyway, is to give when them away. Give, when you say give them away, what do you mean? Give them over, well, this is where I'm not sure I'm spiritually bypassing. Give them over to a higher power. Um, give. I would change the vocabulary. I think the vocabulary is probably coming from a little bit of confusion. Um, and this will come out in, I hope, the clarity of the teaching next week. And that is, a character defect is the source of our behavior. It's an important concept. The defect is the source of the behavior. If I have a broken bone, I have pain. Pain is the symptom of a broken bone. The source of the pain is the broken bone. So you're defensive. That's a symptom. Ah, okay. Ah, yes. And okay. you, you said it, the underbelly. What's the underbelly of that? And um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think you've mentioned a word yet that might capture it, but you will. And um, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Um, ah, yes. Uh, step seven is a prayer. Why do you think it's a prayer? Because I'm talking to God. Oh, yes. Um, I know. That's the definition of prayer. But why is the seventh step? Why is it a prayer? What's the assumption? Hmm. The assumption is that um, it's going to change something. Um, well, no, that's the hope. Oh, okay. What's the assumption? Why do we pray? Because we have a, because I have a problem and I want it. And let's see. No, that's the same as a hope. Um, the assumption is that, um, that God can help me change this. Yes, because God, and you're asking God to help you because? Because I'm powerless. That's the issue. Um, now you say it, do you experience it when you say it? I have no choice if defensiveness is my character defect. And quite frankly, that's a symptom of the character is, defect. Okay. There's something underneath there, some type of fear probably. Yeah, fear. Yeah, it is. Yes. Fear, yeah, of, being, fear of being controlled. Yeah, right? lack of lack of trust, fear, yes, of being controlled. Yes, yes. And so let's assume that fear or lack of trust, fear of being controlled, is the source of the defensiveness. 
to name it is good, but you can't change it on your own. No. You're as hopeless and helpless about the source of your character defect as you are over your addiction. The same mm -hmm. as step one, experience powerless. Step six is that the underbelly of that is the assumption of that is that you're powerless and have no choice over the source, the character defect. And so we pray, my creator, to be recreated, to be healed, to be fixed. Now, the distinction that I make and will make clearer next week is between the character defect itself and the behavior. We have responsibility for the behavior, how yeah. it manifests. We don't have any responsibility in the sense of impact or effectiveness with regard to the character defect itself, the source. So at least from my uh, experience, I prayed for the removal of the defect, but I held myself accountable for the behavior. Mm -hmm. Specifically, specifically, and you've probably heard me share this before, my behavior, my behavior was infidelity. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Being unfaithful. The character defect was that self-centeredness that was the infidelity itself, the character defect of being dishonest. So I prayed for the healing here. So I wanted to be honest and I wanted to have the principle, operating principle of fidelity. And I told my step guide sponsor on a daily basis what I was doing because I made a commitment to change. I was talking to somebody about my behavior because I'm responsible for that. I'm right. praying. I'm praying for a change in my defect because I don't have any power there. The behavior changed in 48 hours. The inclination changed in two years. I've heard you say that, right? I hope it doesn't take you two years. Yes, well, I get it. I, I, exactly. And, and it I will take it. what it takes. But the point of all of that is the distinction. Yes, yes. You see, so what would be the behavioral change if you didn't have the character defect? How would you, in fact, be operating? There's uh, really where okay. the rest road for you. If I didn't have that defect, yeah, I would. Well, I think it comes down just, you know, self-centeredness. When you said that, I think of, there's a lot of self-centeredness and ego there. So but if I did No, there is. But is that helpful vocabulary for you? No. No, it isn't. That's right. That's right. So what behavior would be the opposite of the behavior? You, you said you're visceral, you're yelling, you're cursing. Right. Yeah, you're a pretty unpleasant person to be around. Well, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. If you have any doubt about it, ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're laughing. If, he, <laughs> if, he, if I can find him after he's hiding. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Head for the bomb shelter. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe part of a behavioral change would be to pause. Uh-huh. Yes. And, yes. And I really want to be kind. I do. I really do. I know. I know. I know. But do you have that thought then? Does that, does that bring any modification to your behavior or, or, or do you just allow your emotions to control you? Uh, Well, I allow my emotions to control me. And that's what, that's your responsibility. That's what Dr. Berger and I talk about is self-regulation. Okay. Oh, self-regulation. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm aware of it now and now I want to do something about it, but I thought, I I don't know what, and thank you for bringing it up. I am power. I'm, I'm powerless over the defect, but not over my behavior. That is such an important distinction. Yeah. And, And embrace that. Talk about it with your sponsor if you want to change, it's a infallible formula. My experience, 100% personally, and anybody who has adopted it has been successful. And that is daily prayer, specifically for the removal of the defect. Uh, and, okay. and periodic, and you figure that out with your sponsor, periodic accountability, whether that's daily or weekly, it doesn't matter. Probably in the beginning, it should be no less frequent than weekly, where you give an accounting of how you did. Four out of five days, I was fine. Six out of seven days, I was fine. I really screwed up on one day and I'm making progress. Not about beating yourself up, but the the, the point here of your fear of defensiveness is you've given your power away. You That's said nice. they're judgmental and, and you feel controlled. Well, who, who is feeling controlled and who gave the power to control you? You did. They're, they're, they can only control you if you let them. Well, that's true. That's and, true. and you can't stop judging. Why do you care that they judge you? Does well, I know. Yeah. You, does their opinion of you really mean that much to you? Well, I like my, my husband's opinion does, kind of. Yes. Well, really? Well... If I'm on, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be honest. Well, I know I can, I can certainly talk the talk, but I don't know about walking. He evaluates you as a kind person. That's good feedback. If he evaluates you as a shrew, you should know that. Right. You don't want to be a shrew. No, I don't. I don't want to be a shrew. Right. 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 So we listen to people's reaction to get feedback, but we don't tie puppet strings to their opinion of us. Mm. Because other people have their own wrinkles in their soul and their right. own and their own needs and their own defensiveness and their own projections. 
And so again, um, you quoted Dr. Berger. He says, we hold our center of gravity deep inside ourselves." I just love that phrase. Mm. Center of gravity is not in circumstances for people. My center, my center, my center of gravity is deep inside myself. I'm not mm -hmm. self-centered in the book's language, which means that I'm only concerned about myself, but I am concerned about empowering myself. I, I don't get my power from other people. Yes, and I, yeah, and, and I've gotten to that point kind of, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, the first, the, you know, the really good news is that you're conscious. That's true. Yes. I mean, that is a miracle, really. I mean, after right. all these years, right. it's taken this much scraping to get down. And also the fact that it that defensiveness is not the defect, it's only a symptom of. And that's what I guess I was trying to get to. So I very much appreciate that. And really, if I was, if I didn't say things, something and I was able to pause I wouldn't have to worry about him judging me because he wouldn't be judging me because I would have good behavior I wouldn't have that shrewish behavior well, maybe you can change the vocabulary and uh it's not judging it's giving you legitimate feedback absolutely it is it is absolutely and I'm unwilling to take it. Well, I, it asked, I asked my wife to give me feedback I mean, right. I, I wanted respect. I wanted her to be kind. I didn't right. want, you know, and all the rest of that. But I don't know that I don't know. And I don't okay. see that I don't see. I'll be the last one to know that I'm a jerk again. Sometimes. And so if she said, all she had to do is roll her eyes. And I go, oh, I'm at it again. huh? She goes, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's yeah. And I, I think, that, yeah, this will start a good dialogue with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. The person I did my fifth step with re revealed me the next day. She has been very disturbed by what I have said. You're, you're the person who heard your fifth step was disturbed? Was disturbed by my secret. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, it's good that so, you mentioned that to you. Uh, how did, how, what was your reaction to that? I, I made uh, amends right away. Well, wait, wait. Why did, you, why did you have to make amends? Because I told myself I should have prayed before. Not being impulsive, you know, should I've prayed, ask God, ask for direction. Can I reveal this to this person? Uh, and after that, it was what what could I have I done? Um, probably, well, I'm sure of it, ask the person who I gonna reveal the secret, is there anything I would say that would hurt your religion or your sensitivity? Uh, I think I, I don't no. think so. No, no. Sorry. No. I don't believe that for a minute. Okay. No, no. no. They're, if they're hearing your fist step, they're here to hear your fist step. And, um, and if they get offended, that's their problem. Okay. No, you have it, no it, responsibility it, 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 okay. to get permission. 
<laughs> Great. I wanted to talk about it. So if a person has been in my situation or, or could be yeah. uh, with the nature of her, her secrets, yeah. uh, well, I wanted to... Okay, great. Uh, actually, it ended up good. It finally it was, uh, she said she didn't sleep at all at night. And after said so she judged me. Uh, but then, okay, I mean, it was up to her to, but she said she prayed and uh, to, to have it uh, removed. Um, so, okay. So I wanted to uh, run that by you because you, you were in the process of explaining how to give yeah. and receive a fifth step. So this is a <laughs> glitch. Now, I, I got. I've never heard that before. I, I could see where it could happen that somebody would either be shocked or embarrassed or really uncomfortable with something that is revealed. I could, I could see that. Um, but... Uh, disturbed so that they lose a night's sleep, then there's something amiss with that person, quite frankly. Okay. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for them to grow, but I don't see that you owe them any amends at all. It sounds like you handled it wonderfully and that it, it the conversation ended well, did it? Yes, yes, yeah, uh, but too late, I did my amends right away. Yeah, no, that's, I said I, that's I, fine. Yeah. I, I should have inquired if I could say something that could disturb yeah. before revealing. Well, you 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 regretted that she had a reaction, but yes. her reaction is her problem, not yours. Yeah, because in the book it says we, we can say things, but not to the expense of the person who received the, but, but, the you, but you didn't anticipate that that particular thing would, for instance, um if um, totally fictitious example, but if a sponsee had had a sexual encounter with the sponsor's wife, then you don't make amends to or discuss the, that with your sponsor. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's what I think it means in a very dramatic way about bringing harm to other people. So, but, and that's why I, I think I make the mention of, there are some things that maybe only could be discussed with an attorney or with a psychiatrist or psychologist because they're of that nature that you want legal protection, literally legal protection and maybe some professional advice. So, okay. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was not that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's not going there. Well, right. thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm very interesting. Yeah. Just in, in being authentic with whatever happens. And not that I'm going to harm someone, but even being at this expense of being silly, I was wondering if you had any tips that were helpful because it's something I have to work at. Okay. So um, I think I understand, but. Tell me a little bit more about what your what is the problem in you that you are attempting to deal with? Uh, not being so serious. Um, give me an example of how you are so serious. Um, where I am so into um, being hard on myself. I've uh, got to do it right. Um, 
it's 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 got to be this way. Um, oh, let's see, what is it? Hard on it's not being serious. Now, I'm not light. I want to be lighter. I, I you know do like a doom kind of sometimes thing like or so trying to be spiritual but not light with it. You know, yep. like I'm talking yep. mm-hmm. more reasonable, balanced. Yeah, you know, and, and I mean, it will come. And sometimes it comes and sometimes, it's, you know, people laugh and I can joke and stuff, but I want to be more, um, more not, not be so serious. And, and I was, I've been praying. That's another thing I've been doing. And the daily reflections, God, help me to not take myself so seriously. Wonderful. Yeah. And what would it look like if, in fact, you weren't taking yourself so seriously, if you were a little bit lighter, if you were less black and white, if you were less perfectionist, if you were more positive? Behaviorally, how would that look? Um, I would be happy. I would be uplifting. I would be. um, more upbeat, um, more um, wearing life and people loosely, like, um, you know, like, oh, just being my, that's what I'm going to do. I want to, I'm, there's this, I want to just be myself, but I'm afraid that I'm going to look, I'm going to say something that really isn't funny or, something that doesn't go over too good <laughs> and then I'm gonna and then I'm not gonna go at you know then it's like or nobody says let anything but let, like, me challenge <laughs> something. let me challenge something that you've you've begun to reveal just a little bit but I'm not quite sure that I'm I'm hearing it correctly it sounds like you want to be a comedian and you want to be the center of attention you know that's how I, I used to be uh joking and um and you know um i don't know if i want to be i I mean i want to be funny i don't know if i want to be funny um i want to be funny so that i'm not so dramatic or so um so I don't know the word like so, so flatlined, you know, like when I talk and just so flatlined, you know, I, I want to be more jovial, you know, and um, right. laughter. I want more laughter. Yours or theirs? Both. Yeah, my, I my, want, my instinct is you want it to be a center of attention and you want to entertain. It's not about you being lighter. It's about you being more approved. Oh, more approval. Yeah, yeah for not being, because well, I'm not, because I'm not like that. <laughs> and, and, um, well, I, maybe, is why do you need that? Why do you need that valuation or, or validation or approval from outside? Um, so people will, like me why do you or need love me well no why do you need people to like you i um, said need, not want i said need not want 
need? Why do I need people to like me? Yeah. Um, because um, I will. Why do I need people to like me? Because I. Uh, a people pleaser. I don't know that. All right. I mean that. And and what, that and what does that get you to be a people pleaser? What's the benefit or value to you for that? Uh, well, to the ex before when it was to the extreme, I would do that before my recovery. I mean, I was always trying to get people to like me and that center, like you said, center of attention. Oh, she's so cool. Yeah. You know, that hasn't changed by the way. What's that? That hasn't changed. It's the way you're describing it. That hasn't changed. You may be abstinent, but you're still trying to get people's approval. Ah. Uh, well, isn't that's what you're saying underneath what you're saying, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, I just don't want to. Oh, I know what it is. I don't want to be a downer, Debbie. Well, then what would, it, what would it look like if you weren't a downer, Debbie, behaviorally? Um, um, I would be uh, happy, joy, um, positive, um, and have again, good energy. Yeah. Good energy, uplifting energy. Yeah. See, I think the, I, I agree that, in fact, my own spiritual director said the sign of authentic spirituality, authentic spirituality is a sense of humor. But it's, yeah. but it's not about being entertaining. It's about being real. You said it right at the beginning. I thought you were, you know, going to take a different tack. You said I want to be authentic. All right. You're you're not you're you're not being authentic when you're the clown, when you're the entertainer, mm -hmm. when 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 you get people to laugh at your jokes. That that's that's a false front. You're, okay. manipula you're manipulating people. Okay. You're not being real. Authentic means being real. Your insides and your outsides match. And I love the idea of focused on being positive. If you just had that one word as, as your mantra and then translate that through prayer and meditation and experimentation, what does it mean to be positive? It doesn't mean that you're going to be Pollyannish. It doesn't mean that you're going to be the entertainer. It just means that you're going to look at the glass half full rather than half empty. You're not going to be downer Debbie. You're going to be delightful Debbie in this, yeah, um, staying with, the, you know, but, but not, not in the sense to get their approval, but to feel good about yourself. Okay. And the sense of humor will just come. Well, I think so. If you focus on the positive, you might want to read a, a some type of a book on uh, being positive. Um, there's a whole repertoire of books coming out of positive psychology. Um, and uh, since the since 1990, the last 30 years. So I think you'll be able to find something if you're, uh, if you're looking for 
so sort of a description of what it might look like and how how does it behave once again i needed to when i was asked to do a talk on on happiness i i'm a happy guy but i i don't know why and i didn't know the ingredients of it and i had to read a, a few uh books uh that people have thought it through professionally and it was very helpful mm. But it, and it comes okay. from being positive, not negative. Okay, <clears throat> just focus on being positive. Well, and being, in your case, being positive, yes, and real. And real, authentic. Yeah. Mm. Okay, and it's good enough being who I am, authentic and real. Well, what's, what's, the, what's the alternative to being who you are? Um, a false sense of That's sense it. of person. That's right. Yeah. A phony, a fraud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm not honest. I'm not being honest with myself. That's the core of it right there. Mm. Yeah. You just nailed it. Does that mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> So much. And that's what I really want is honesty. You know, yes. Oh, thank you. To, as you said right from the beginning, not to take yourself too seriously. Take recovery, take relationships, take helping real, you know, take that seriously. But I have the same problem. Uh, I, I'm a heavy does it guy. And I have to try to lighten up. And it's it's an, it's an intentional thing of not taking myself so seriously or a little self-deprecating, but be careful there because that could become a negative habit also. Mm. Now you're, you're on the right trail and, and it's wonderful in six and seven because that's what we ask in step seven, don't we? My creator, mm. please, I mm. need to be re repaired, repaired. You made yeah. me. I'll fix me, for God's sakes. <laughs> I really, really cannot thank you, cannot thank each and every person who spoke, who shared, who ripped their guts out um, in front of all of us. It's risky business, and yeah, and yeah, been very impressed with the courage. Yeah, yeah. Goosebump material all the way around. Thank you all. Because well, it's so real. Yes. Because it's so real and, and the conversations we're having are so practical. Yes. It's kind of like, yeah, this is, this is the blood and guts of life. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, one of the things that so completely helps on my day-to-day -day basis besides talking with my higher power is the idea that I don't need to that, that I, I don't need to stay in my emotional state about stuff. I, I, I can, um, it, when something comes up, yeah, I can check in and feel like I'm disappointed or I'm sad or whatever. And then I, I look it in the eye and I say, okay, yeah. where do I go from here? What can I do? Uh, yeah. you know, how much do I throw up to God? How much do I take charge of blah, blah, blah. Great and, questions. Yeah. And it's, it's new territory, but it's wonderful territory. So. Well, it's it's the territory that's revealed through consciousness. Ah. 
because we're able now to take a look out at the playing field and be aware that this is happening and uh, I have choices. Exactly, yes, choices, yes, yes, yeah. yes, all of the above. Yeah. So thank you again and, and, and each and every. And, yep. and, and that's the importance of knowledge. If you don't know you have a choice, you don't have it. Yeah. But if you know you have a choice, you have it, you might make the wrong choice. But if you're conscious, you can correct it as soon as you find out it was a mistake. And if I make a wrong choice, I don't have to sit around and feel like I'm going to be crucified. But right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My whole existence doesn't go down the tubes because I did the wrong thing. If your center of gravity is in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, for all of us. That's right. That's Thank right. you. Well, thanks, everybody. Again, delightful way to enter into a weekend of, for freedom for me. I have uh, no workshops, no anything other than being with family for a couple of days. So that's going to be wonderful. And I'll come back and we'll visit again next week. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thanks, everybody.